Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Welcome to My Two Cents Podcast, episode 20, which is entitled... The reason I put Let's Go to the Movies is because I said this episode was going to be about movies, especially about Godzilla vs. Kong and the newest Mortal Kombat movie that came out. But before I get into my reviews of both of those movies specifically, and by the way, I'm going to be basically reviewing it and what I took some what I took away from both of these movies and the couple of critiques that I got from basically Mortal Kombat because Kong, I really don't got much of critiques for it. I just got little tidbits about the movie. But before I get into those things, let me list off the National Food Days for this week. Today, May 2nd, it is Chocolate Truffle Day, May 3rd, Raspberry Popover Day and Raspberry Tart Day, and also Chocolate Custard Day. May 4th, Candied Orange Peel Day, Home Brew Day and Hoagie Day, May 5th, Enchilada Day, Cinco de Mayo Day, by the way, May 6th, your boy's birthday, my day, Crepe Suzette Day, May 7th, Roast Leg of Lamb Day, May 8th, Coconut Cream Pie Day. Now, I want to get into this real quick. I don't think this is going to be a long episode because it's basically just me talking about movies. But before I get into the movies, I just want to talk about the Oscars. Oscars happened uh, last week. And there was a big uproar because they propped up this whole Oscar thing. Everybody has the assumption they were propping up the Oscars so much for um, them to give the best actor award to the late Chadwick Boseman. By the way, rest in peace still to Chadwick Boseman. And that didn't happen. They ended up giving the award to uh, Anthony Hopkins. He's an old actor. I just know him basically off of uh, Hannibal Lecter. That's one thing I do know him from. Um, but he, oh yeah, and he also was uh, Thor's dad from uh, the Marvel uh, cinematic movies, but still getting to my point here. I they there was a big controversy that he didn't win it. They gave it to him and everything. But I'm just trying to understand this. Why did the Oscars even go through and go on? I want you to stop and think about that. Don't look at movies. Don't don't look it up. I want you to name ten movies that came out in 2020. Just name ten. I'll give you guys ten seconds to do that. There you go. That was your 10 seconds. I told you I'll give you 10 seconds. That's a movie per second that I just gave you. I couldn't think of 10 movies that came out in 2020 that was that was even relevant enough to be in the Oscar board. But apparently the Oscars were able to come up with 10 mo- with movies to be at the Oscars and worthy of awards. We just had 2020. A big pandemic happened. Massive lives lost. Now, music, 
is different because music has no requirement. People can listen to music. So I understand why the Grammys went on, but the movies, that's completely different. Movies require you to go out or you to look at them online whenever they do post them up online. Or even if you have cable, you buy them and rent them out. I understand that. That's whatever that happens. But listen, nobody was doing that because nobody was messing around with movies. Nobody was doing any of that. If you mean to tell me that you saw a lot of movies, and I mean movie movies, I'm not talking about the little snippet budgets that you got like on Element or even like the little snippets that you see people. That's not the big major motion quality pictures that you see from time to time on Netflix or on HBO Max. Now, there are some movies that are not high quality at all. And somehow they make it on the Oscars list. Let me read let me read you right here. Something, right? This comes from Rotten Tomatoes. This was the 37 most anticipated movies of 2020. All right. I'm starting off with January, The Grudge. And that got a 21% from Rotten Tomato. Bad Boys for Life, 76%. Doolittle, 14%. Weathering with You. That one's 91%. And that's an anime movie. The Gentleman, which was 75% for Rotten Tomato. The Rhythm Section, which was 28%. Gretel and Hansel, 64%. February, Birds of Prey, 78%. The Lodge, 74%. The Photograph, 74%. Downhill, 38%. Sonic the Hedgehog, 63%. Fantasy Island, 7%. The Call of the Wild, 62%. The Invisible Man, 91%. Now we're going into March. Onward, 88%. Bloodshot, 30%. April, Trolls World Tour, 71%. And I'm going to stop right here for one second. From January to March, those were the movies that were out. And I can literally say out in theaters whenever the whole world was basically still doing their thing before COVID came around and made everybody sit your butts home and really reevaluate yourself. The last movie that I saw in theaters was Onward, and I was with my sister watching Onward. And that was literally during March. That was the last movie me and her saw in person. And that's the last movie that we saw in theaters till this day, still now. And now let me get back to April. COVID time. Take this in mind here. Trolls World Tour, 71%. May, Scoob, 71, not 71, 47%. Lovebirds, 65%. June, you have Artemis Fowl, 8%. In July, Greyhound, 79%. In August, The Personal History of David Copperfield, 92%. Bill and Ted Face the Music, 82%. The New Mutants, 35%. September, you had Tenant, which was 70%. I'm thinking of ending things, 82%. That was a movie. I don't know what that was at all. Mulan, 72%. Antebellum, 29%. The Trial of Chicago 7, 89%. And in October, you had The Witches, 48%. In November, you had Mank, 83%. Happiest Season, 83%. The Crudes, A New Age, 77%. In December, you had Soul, 96%. Wonder Woman, 
1984, 59%. Promising Young Woman. <laughs> that one was a 90%. Some of these movies that I named to you came out on Disney Plus and HBO Max. Like Wonder Woman. That one came out on Christmas Day on HBO Max. And in theaters, but I don't remember no theaters opening up on that. So I'll still say HBO Max. Soul came out on Disney Plus on December on Christmas Day. Um, the Crudes came out, but that was like on demand. That was not in theaters. The Witches, which happened in October, that was on HBO Max on October 22nd. And it said theaters worldwide. I don't remember theaters being open, especially in South Carolina around that time. I do not. The Trial of the Chicago 7. That was on Netflix. Antebellum. That was on Video on Demand. Mulan, Disney Plus. I'm thinking of anything. It was on Netflix. Tenet. That was on that was in theaters. And I remember that one being in theaters somewhere in theaters because Tom Cruise watched that and that was a whole big deal. But what I'm getting at is this. And sorry for wasting so much time on this. Why was the why was the Oscars even a thing whenever movies were not it in 2020? That wasn't the case. Now, if you mean to tell me we're going to have an Oscars in 2022, I can see that now because movies are starting to come back in and people in uh, movie theaters are starting to open up again, especially since we're now getting confirmation that if you've been vaccinated, you can go out without your mask. But if you're in a crowded group, you have to put your mask on. Like if you're around different people that you don't know, you have to put your mask on. But since you and you, if you and your people have been vaccinated, you guys can go out without your mask. Only whenever you're around a large number of group, you have to put your mask back on. That's what the CDC has informed us. Me, Gerald Garrett, G2, I am still going to be wearing my mask. I do not. I am not taking this thing lightly. I'm thinking this COVID-19 is hitting the rope of dope on us. It's giving us false sense of security for us to put our guards down just so it can hit us one good time and knock a, a good chunk of uh, humankind, mankind, out at one time. So I'm not playing with this at all. I'm still going to be wearing my mask, whether in class uh, around people in the stores, even after this whole thing's done, I'm gonna wear my mask for about a good couple until I feel that I am good and I can just take my mask off. That's whenever I'm gonna do that. I don't care if it makes people uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable knowing that right now, yeah, we have the vaccinations going out, but now they're telling us we can wear not wear our mask at this exact moment when we just went through a large number of people dying because of COVID last year. Yeah, the vaccination is out here, but still be cautious, ladies and gentlemen. That's just Gerald Garrett here, G2. Anyway, sorry for going off on that tidbit of a little bit of a rant. The Oscars shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have done this. And if they were going to do this, they should have already started off with the first uh, first award off with that best uh actor don't lead it up to the ending of the show you usually end it off with best motion picture but you didn't do that you did it with best actor and you didn't give it up to chadwick boseman who apparently you guys surrounded this whole oscar thing up for that's what i'm getting from 
people online and even people that work in Hollywood. That's what I'm getting at. But hey, who am I? I'm just a guy that watches things and I'm able to see if they make sense or not. Apparently, that didn't make sense. So Hollywood, do better. The Oscars this year was not that good. I didn't watch it. I don't care for Oscars. There you go. I can only go by the public uh, public outrage. And the public outrage, they didn't like it. So with that being said, let me get into the movies that I've seen this week. And I let me get into Godzilla vs. Kong. Listen to me now. If you didn't see Godzilla vs. Kong while I was on HBO Max, I happened to see it the last day that it was on HBO Max. And all throughout March and even in the beginnings of April too, basically the last day, I was busy either with work or chilling with my family. When maybe at work, I mean by school work. And I consider that work. And even podcasting work. I had to find topics to talk about. I had to get everything done and fixed up and get distributing deals, not distributing deals, but like get it to different uh, streaming sites. Listen, it's a lot to do this. It takes a lot of work. But anyway, I love doing it. Let me not even cry about this. But get me get into this. Godzilla vs. Kong. This is taken up apparently after both movies, uh, Kong, Skull Island, and Godzilla's film. You don't... Let me make this clear. If you happen to bootleg it or... Uh, see it somewhere down the line on uh, HBO, like on regular television, HBO, like if you got a subscription to HBO or something like that, just throw the movie on. You don't have to watch the Godzilla before this or even Kong Skull Island. You can jump fresh into this movie just off the two big monster names Godzilla vs. Kong. That's what happened with me. I never watched Kong Skull Island. I didn't watch the Godzilla movie that they produced a couple years back. I didn't watch both of them. And I watched this movie right here. You can jump head first in. You can understand exactly everything. What they told you about what happened last in those in both movies. They'll intertwine in this movie. You'll be able to understand it. We're having to go back and watch those other two. But let me get to this. It started off with Godzilla destroying uh, a city that was, um, it was just, Godzilla destroyed a city and uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was an electric company or whatever was trying to figure out, okay, why is Godzilla doing this? Why is Godzilla doing that? And then they had to give a signal to a company to bring Kong over from his habitat. Well, whenever you see Kong in this movie, the first scene, you see Kong in a wilderness area and everything else. And Kong notices something. Kong notices that he is being watched. So he grabs a big spike, big uh, log, and he chucks it towards the sky. And to my knowledge, he hits something in the sky and he busts it open. So Kong knows he is in a faux environment. He knows he's in a dome area being surrounded. He's being watched and everything else. He knows this. Fast forward this. He the only way the only person that Kong communicates with is this little girl. This little girl is deaf and she communicates with Kong by doing sign language. You don't find this out until about uh almost 30 minutes into the film because Kong is now chained up 
on a boat because he is being shipped off to uh, bring out Godzilla because Godzilla destroyed a city, as I mentioned before. Godzilla, no, 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 the little girl sees Kong on the ship. She goes out and it's raining and her adoptive mother, mother is watching her from a little bit of a distance and she sees her communicating with Kong by, with sign language. And she is amazed by this. And the people that have Kong chained up are amazed by this. And now they're telling the girl's adopted mother, hey, we're going to need her to control Kong. We're going to need her. We're going to give you messages so you can deliver it to that little girl so she can deliver it to Kong, basically. The mother and the little girl will be the people's inter in their uh, middleman for uh, Kong in them. The mother and the little girl will be the middleman for the company in uh, Kong. The mother says okay, but the little girl still has no idea what's going on. She's just going with it because she has trust within her mother. So as this is going on, now we flash into the morning and Kong's on the ship and he's just sitting there and the people that are um, manning the ship since Godzilla around the ship and no, 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 it's not them that sense it was Kong. Sorry, I'm getting everything mixed up here. Kong senses Godzilla around and then that's whenever the people manning the boat says, what's up with Kong? And then the woman says, he senses Godzilla. Godzilla, Godzilla hits that boat and sends that boat rocking to the side. Godzilla is dropped into the water and then that boat is rocked to the side as Godzilla still, not Godzilla, but Kong is still chained to that boat. So Kong has to flip the boat over and throw himself back on the boat. He ends up getting himself unchained and now you have him rocking it with Godzilla in the water. And now Godzilla, he is a mutated turtle, I believe. I'm not sure if he's a turtle, but boy, did that boy, did Godzilla look like a ugly big mutated turtle? I'm just gonna be blunt. And uh, Godzilla was putting him, putting Kong to work in that water. I mean, he was giving them that work, work. Godzilla, I mean, Kong didn't have nothing for the answer to that because remember, Kong is a ape. And last time that I checked, apes ain't good in the water like that. We The apes are like us. We can drown in the water. So can apes. So they, that wasn't his forte. Kong was able to get him with the fair one on that one. And the big overarching picture of this whole thing is the company that is holding Kong as the savior for the world to fight off Godzilla, they're using... Kong to get to an ultimate power source somewhere in the earth so they can get that power and suck that power up so they can make their own metal Godzilla but Kong the woman and the daughter has no idea about any of this so whenever they get to this power source uh, the company's owner's daughter is with them and she tells them, okay, time to take the energy source down. 
the woman is so shocked. Like, hold up, you can't do this. This is a national uh, research situation. You can't just take that. And the daughter, six, uh, seek six, not like the number six, but like six her henchmen, henchmen. Like she sicks out her henchmen on the mother and the deaf girl, and he has the, the, her gun. Their guns flashed on him. Like, listen, my father gets what he wants. So the father, so the girl, daughter is on a mission for her from her father to get the power source, so she can send that power source back to the company, so that power source can power up this um, big mechanical Godzilla, not Godzilla, yeah, Godzilla, right? Yeah, yeah. To get this source, and Godzilla, unbeknownst to them is in that exact same city, but above them all. And he is trashing that city. Godzilla senses that there's an energy down there. And he blasts a big old just beam down into the crust of the earth. And he blasts it down there to right where Kong and the energy force that he feels it at. He blasts it down there. And you see... Kong look up up into the sky and he sees the big old hole has been blasted there. So now he wants to get up there. But before he does that, he has to fight off all these other type of mutants that are around him that are trying to like fight him and eat uh the little girl and the uh, mother. And I'm back and I'm fast forwarding all through all this so you can get the main drift here. The daughter of the man that owns the company, she ends up dying in the film because she was a jerk in this film. Um, Kong has her, has the daughter of the man that owns the company in a ship. And he crushes the ship. So as he crushes the ship, the girl is in, not the girl that he communicates with, but the boss's daughter. He crushes that ship. She ends up dying in that uh Ship crush. So with that being said, Godzilla goes, not Godzilla, Kong. God, I keep on mixing them up. Kong, Godzilla. Godzilla is the big old turtle. <laughs> Kong is the big old, well, he's King Kong. Kong goes above ground. He goes out of that hole. And now he's about to start putting work to Godzilla. I'm basically fast forwarding to the end now basically almost to the end, like good 30 minutes before the ending. This is whenever this stuff happens. Godzilla and Kong are fighting now, and Godzilla was taken off guard, and King Kong got him this round. Give it a good five minutes later, King Kong and Godzilla are back fighting again. And this time, Godzilla is putting to work. He gave Kong... Everything he ever asked for. He was scratch. He was beating him with his tail. He headbutted him. He scratched up Kong's chest. And I mean to the point that you can start seeing where he's digging into like just past the regular skin. He's digging into like this chest meat and everything. Just digging like scratching up to King Kong. And King Kong now is down on the ground. Godzilla puts his feet on King Kong's chest and he looks down at Kong and he just screams at 
Kong. He says his big primal just screech. So then Kong, to not be outdone, Kong does the exact same thing. He screams right back into Godzilla's face. Godzilla takes that scream from Kong and he just looks at him. And then he hits a side eye and then a head turn and then he gets off of Godzilla and walks away like, yeah, I could have ended you right now, but I'm not going to do that. I got other big, I got bigger fish to fry. You're not, you're not a thing for me right now. Kong tries to get up and then he falls right back onto the ground. So now Kong is basically dying and the little girl notices this and she tells her mom that Kong is basically dying. His heartbeat is slowing down. I got to say this one thing. The little girl's uh, adoptive mother, she meets a guy that worked for the boss's daughter. And that guy ends up befriending the little girl and the adopted mom. And he ends up becoming their friend. He has no idea that they he has no idea that the his boss's daughter and his boss was trying to suck out the energy. So he is completely dumbfounded just like the rest of them. So now he has a ship and he notices that Kong's uh, heart is failing. So now he knows that the only way to revive Kong is to have a big uh, electric uh, shock to the system. So he has to fly the ship onto uh, Kong's chest, have it blow up on Kong so Kong can feel that electric magnetic uh, energy basically just shock him back into life. So when that happens, um, Kong's back to life. And now I'm about to switch it over here. They show a scene of the boss having that power now that was sent over to him from his daughter before she died. And he puts it into the... Um, Metal Godzilla. And the Metal Godzilla is basically trying going to be taken over by a guy sitting in a chair, his brain connected to the um, electric magnetic, the electric uh, Godzilla, the Metal Godzilla. He was basically going to try to take over the Godzilla body and everything. The power was too strong and it basically shocks the guy that's supposed to be uh, controlling the Metal Godzilla. And now you have a metal, uh, metal Godzilla that's of his own free mind, his own free will, and basically can cause chaos and carnage all he wants. And he does this. He just kills the owner of the uh, tower, this company. I'm sorry. He, the Metal Godzilla kills the owner of this company. He starts destroying this company up. And he gets out, and now he's trying to look for Godzilla. Godzilla ends up meeting with his metal counterpart, his metal Godzilla, and those two start duking it out. Metal Godzilla has the upper hand on Godzilla. And while this fight is happening, the little deaf girl goes over to King Kong in sign language, hand sign language, yeah, hand language. Sign language, sorry. Yeah, sign language. God, I'm just... I'm walking over myself here. Sign language is off the Kong. Listen, you're not... He's not our enemy. 
That metal thing is our enemy. I promise. And she has to tell Kong that she promised because she has to reassure Kong that, listen, yeah, you thought that Godzilla was the enemy, but he's not. These people might have told you that he was the enemy and gave us false information, but I'm telling you right now that this metal thing is their true enemy, and we have to help Godzilla to destroy this thing. Kong obliges, he gets up, and he joins forces with Godzilla to beat this metal version of Godzilla. They end up, they end up beating this metal version of Godzilla, and Godzilla goes back into the water, while Kong goes back to his foe habitat at the end of the movie. And I miss one thing. I'm sorry for keeping on missing things. The reason why this guy wanted that energy so much to put into this mechanical Godzilla was that he wanted to get rid of Godzilla and any other type of big old mythical creatures that could come out later. He wanted to be the self-appointed savior of the world. But if you look back at the beginning of the movie, um, they talk about how Godzilla defeated a mythical type creature before and that Godzilla was stay hidden for so long and they didn't understand why Godzilla came back out now and destroyed a city. Godzilla destroyed a city because this owner try to be God. You can't be God. You can't try to take energy sources. You can't try to just take things and mess with things. You got to leave things alone. That was basically this whole big thing was. Godzilla would have never came out of hiding if this guy would have just left things alone. So Godzilla had to come out and destroy a couple things to let him know, yo, let things be. Whenever you get the opportunity, watch the movie. It's a great, it's a great little flick for you just, just to put on. You don't have to watch Godzilla, uh, previous version, the previous, the last, the latest movie of Godzilla. You don't have to watch the latest movie of Kong. You can just jump right into this movie. You'll understand it. I gave you guys a poor quality explanation of it, at least in my opinion. Watch the movie. It's a great movie. Trust me. Even though you know what's going to happen, just watch it. There's other little nuanced details in that. You'll enjoy it. Now to Mortal Kombat, a movie that I couldn't wait for that when it was announced in this whole HBO deal with Warner Brothers or Warner Media. Either way, it's Mortal Kombat, baby. I The last Mortal Kombat movie I ever saw was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And me and my brothers have all come to understanding that that movie has never happened. Whenever anybody ever mentions Annihilation, we say it never happened. Because that movie is so horrendous. It is so trash. The first Mortal Kombat movie is the only good Mortal Kombat movie that I will personally ever acknowledge as like a good like video game move video game turned into a movie that was actually good. The first Mortal Kombat. If you haven't seen it, see it. But you got to look at it and also preserve your eyes. And what I mean by that, yeah, some of the graphics might not be good because we're used to new graphics now. But just look at it from the eyes from which they produced it from back in that time. And just think about what they had to deal with. Trust me, they did what they could do. Like I said, the movie was still fine. 
it's still a good movie. It's still a good watch now, at least for me. But now, Mortal Kombat 2021 version. This movie was good. I'm not going to say it was great. I'm not going to say it was bad. It was good. It had its flaw. It had its flaws to it. Now, I'm now the movie is still brand new, even though it's like the biggest like thing that hit HBO Max streaming services. People couldn't wait for that to come out. And let me make this right now clear. When I watched this the day after it came out, I was confused about this because as you if you play the Mortal Kombat games, they will give you different scenarios. They tried I'm not the earlier versions, Mortal Kombat 1, Mortal Kombat 2, Mortal Kombat 3, and even 4. They weren't consistent with the stories. It was just basically a fire a fighter game. You versus somebody else type game. That's it. It wasn't like consistently story based. Until it got to like the Mortal Kombat Deadly Alliance and the Mortal Kombat uh, Deception and the Mortal Kombat um, Armageddon. And then they had to revamp it into Mortal Kombat, which basically Mortal Kombat 9 for Xbox. And I believe PlayStation 3 had Mortal Kombat at that time, too. And then it got into Mortal Kombat X and then Mortal Kombat, the newest version, 11. Mortal Kombat 9... From 9 to 11, they stay consistent with a story that they have been telling constant and constant and constant over. So whenever I was going into this movie, I thought, okay, we're going to go with that story of Mortal Kombat 9 story and onward. But that didn't happen because in Mortal Kombat 9, the biggest thing is Sub-Zero is having... A confrontation with Scorpion. And Scorpion is coming back from the gates of H.E. Double Hockey Sticks. And he is on revenge for Sub-Zero for killing his family. Just like in the movie. You have Scorpion's family getting killed by Sub-Zero. Oh wait, I just have to say it again. Spoiler, 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 spoiler alert. There's going to be some spoilers in this. God, God, you already got one free tidbit spoiler. But then again, that's already happened within seven minutes of the film. So right now, if you don't want to listen to any more of this, you can turn off this podcast. I enjoy you and I thank you for even listening to that. But if you want to continue listening on, I'm telling you right now, you're about to get more spoilers. Now I'm about to jump in. I gave you a game. I gave you some time now. Scorpion's family is killed at the beginning of the movie by Bihan, who later becomes Sub-Zero. And when Scorpion comes back, he sees his family iced up, his wife holding his son. But his other son isn't there with them because his wife hid him underneath the house, underneath uh, a panel, a floor panel. Before Spihan, aka Sub Zero, came in the house and asked for where's, uh, so, uh, where's Hanzo, aka Scorpion. The wife and the son try to defend themselves, but you see Hanzo, aka Scorpion, going out to get some water, and you hear some scream, and he drops his 
water and then he runs off back to his house and he sees his wife and his son in frozen up. Scorpion has to fight uh, attackers around his house. He ends up fighting those attackers, killing them off. And by the way, Mortal Kombat, this one had a lot of blood gush. Great. Mortal Kombat, the game requires a lot of blood. So I had no problem with that in this movie. Um, and now it gets to a showdown at the beginning with Sub-Zero versus Hanzo, but this is before they claim the names Sub-Zero and Scorpion. Sub-Zero ends up killing Scorpion, and Scorpion tells Sub-Zero, as he's dying, don't forget this face. And as he's saying this, he's dying, and then he dies out. They turn back to the camera angle of um, the little baby that was hide that was hidden under the floor panel crying. And they flash the camera back to Scorpion on the ground. He hears the baby crying. Now he's trying to crawl up to his house. And he tries to crawl and tries to crawl, but he ends up failing. He doesn't even get to the steps. And he just drops it. And you start seeing his body starts getting engulfed in flames. And next moment you see his body not there because fire because the fire got to his body. Raiden pops out of nowhere. And he ends up grabbing the baby. So I'm gonna fast forward this. And the baby ends up growing up to be um a guy named Cole Young. He was an MMA fighter. He has um he's basically fighting MMA to get some money, basically a street fighter type guy. He gets noticed by um Jax Briggs and Jax notices him because he asks him about a emblem that's on his chest and it's a dragon uh, shaped emblem and it's basically the Mortal Kombat shaped emblem on his chest and he tells him how who did you tattoo and he said that he was and he uh, was born with it he showed him the tattoo he said okay fine okay cool hopefully I'll see you around Sub-Zero comes out of nowhere and starts... Oh, let me backtrack. Cole Young is fighting in MMA. Well, in the local MMA stuff. Sorry. God, I'm jumping all over this joint. Because I'm trying to remember everything. It's been a week. Cole Young is fighting in a local MMA event. Before you get back to... Before you get to the local MMA event, you have... They show you a scene of Shang Tsung with his little minions. It's Shang Tsung, Melina, Rico, Sub-Zero, and a girl that's a bat. What was her name? Because, man, I, I don't... Natara. There it is. Natara. She really doesn't do much in the movie. Spoiler right now. She dies later. Cause she, cause she was a, cause she was a guinea pig. They are now looking to kill people so they could take over the world. Cause Shang Tsung is the uh, leader or sorcerer for Outworld, and he wants Outworld to take over Earth Realm. 
you gotta you gotta watch you gotta play the Mortal Kombat games to understand Mortal Kombat. At least this this one I can say you at least have to play the games to understand when they say Outworld and Earth Realm. But if you don't play the games, you'll still be able to follow the concept of the movie. Let me not throw you off of this. You can still watch the Mortal Kombat film and understand what's going on, but just whenever they say Earth Realm and Outworld, just just think they're talking about other planets. That's all you. That's all you got to understand here. Shane Sung and his warriors are coming to Earth to take it over. And now they're trying to look for anybody that has the Mortal Kombat symbol on them so that they can take them out. Cole Young has the symbol. Jax has the symbol. And a guy named Kano has the symbol. But I'll get to Kano in a minute. Jax follows Cole to a local mom and pop's uh, pop-in style restaurant. And his daughter's on the outside sitting there. And Cole and his wife are inside. And they're watching as their daughter is outside sitting. And the daughter mentions that they're snowing. And Cole and the wife find it. They were happy, but they were curious because it's snowing in April. Apparently, from where they're from, it doesn't snow in April. It's barely down here in South Carolina. It don't snow neither. So, after he saw the snow have snow coming down, Jax starts to pull up in his car, but the but Cole and his family don't see Jax, and Cole doesn't see Jax neither, until you see a crowd starting to get pelted with uh, snow, and all that. No, 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 no. The snow gets uh, remixed it starts to go and trail back into the sky. So now people are weirded out by this. So now you have Sub-Zero here to come and take out Cole. Sub-Zero tries to come and take out Cole, but Jax tells Cole to go find Sonya Blade. He gives him the coordinates and everything. He tells him, I'll take care of this guy. Boy, was Jax wrong. Jax got his arms frozen off. Well, frozen up and then snapped. So now he has no arms. He has nubs. And that's basically what almost happens in the Mortal Kombat games. His arms always get, like, ripped off or burnt off or teared off. And that will leave him with the mechanical arms that we now know as, that we know as Jax in all the video games. So... This will kind of give you a little bit something for you. Let me try to fast forward this up. Cole meets with Sonya. Sonya has Kano locked under her, locked in her basement. Sonya and Jax have been doing research for years about the dragon uh, marking that's on Cole's chest because Jax has one on his lower rib cage and Kano has one on his neck, but Kano said that he got the dragon mark because he kills the guy that did have the mark. And that mark was able to just teleport onto his neck. After Kano mentioned how he got the dragon ta- dragon marking, not tattoo, uh, a big old type reptile came out. And his name is Reptile. In the original game, he looks just like 
uh, Scorpion in Sub-Zero, but his own, like, little tweaks to it, and he just wears green, and he's known as Reptile, but in the movie, he's a big, gigantic reptile creature. So, Sonya has Kano uh, locked up in a chair right now as the reptile is attacking everything. Reptile ends up spraying some type of acid, and Kano has the wise idea to put his bracelet underneath the acid so the acid can uh, basically uh, bust open his chains. And it basically and it happens. Kano is free, but he realizes, okay, the reptile is a dangerous creature, so I'm going to have to help these two idiots kill the reptile. They end up killing the reptile, but Kano ends up really killing the reptile because he ends up putting his hand through the reptile's chest and grabbing his heart. And that's a fatality in the video game. That's a move that happens in the game. So they were able to incorporate something that happens in the game into the movie. Fast forward along. Uh, Cole, Kano, and Sonya meet up with Raiden. No, no, not with Raiden, but, at, but with uh, Luke Kang because they were looking for Raiden's temple. Because Sonya has heard for a long time that... Uh, Raiden's temple existed, but nobody ever could find it. Kano, who was a arms uh, dealer, notorious bad guy, tells him, yeah, I know exactly where that's at. I, I know exactly where that's at. Sonya says, you've been there. He's like, yeah, I've been there. I Come on, I sell weapons. I'm a big deal. He tells him, listen, I'm not going to tell you guys nowhere. Sonya tells him, everybody has a price. I'll pay you $3 million for the information. Kano jumps at the idea, and he takes the deal. Fast forward it. They get to the temple. You got Liu Kang there and Kung Lao and Raiden there. This Raiden's telling them that they is a dangerous force coming towards Earth, and we need you guys to be ready for it. So now you have the training practice of Kung Lao training, uh, training uh, Cole Young, fighting with Cole Young, to see if he has any type of special power. Kung Lao doesn't activate Cole's special power. Cole's just like hesitant. He's like, he's like, he's trying to understand why he's here. He doesn't understand anything that's going on, but he's willing to try his best, right? So he does that. It doesn't work. Kano's over on the side making remarks and laughing at him. So Kung so now Kung, Liu Kang is fighting off with Kano, but Kano doesn't really fight Liu Kang, and Liu Kang really doesn't fight Kano because Liu Kang the only thing he has to do is leg sweep Kano. He does that a good three times, and Kano is hip to it. And as soon as Liu Kang about to do the leg sweep, Kano jumps up above it and he says, "Ha! I told you, you guys are just one trick pony." And then he gets hit with a leg sweep again. Kano was basically the big uh, comedy relief in this movie. Kano, the actor that played Kano was a good actor. Kano was the comedy relief. This movie was uh, needing one because it was all killing, killing, and just story and story. Without Kano, this movie would be down on my list. But since Kano's there and he was able to pick up the slack whenever it was needed, there we go. That's why I put it in a good category because of Kano a lot of the time.
as Kano is now there at a dinner dinner scene. Kano's asking for an egg roll, and Kung Lao is just telling him, you suck at fighting. You commentate, and you make fun of Cole and everything else. At least Cole's trying. You, you just suck. You, you can't fight for worth of nothing. And now you're starting to see Kano get hot, and he's starting to get heated and hangry, and to the point that you see his face get big red energy. Not even energy, he starts getting big red. And then he makes this whole big old thing saying how Kung Lao's this and, Kung, and Liu Kang's that and how everybody else is none but pansies here. And then he lets off a laser uh, beam through his eye. The markings on these people's bodies are myth, are magical markings, ladies and gentlemen. So every person that has a marking has some type of secret power because of that marking on their chest. Kano's happened to be laser beam. That's what's Kano's uh, special power. So, Kano looks at Cole and looks at everybody, see, I tell you I had a power. Just coming. I had to wait. And, and he's like, ha ha, I'm Kano. I'm better than all you. Ha ha ha. Okay, because Kano's basically a show-offy type of a douchey character in this movie, but he's always a douche, even when you play the video games. Anyway, now uh, Shang Tsung comes back to Earth, and now he's surrounded by Sub Zero, Natara, Rico. Hold up, yes, yeah, Shang Tsung, Natara, Rico, Sub Zero, Cabal. I feel like I'm missing one more. Natara, Sub Zero. Rico, Cabal, Melina, there it is, got him, and that's saying Shang Tsung in there, that's six, uh, they come down at Raiden's temple, and Raiden tells him, no, you gotta do the right way, Mortal Kombat, and Shang tells him, so I'm gonna do it my way, there's nobody's gonna stop me, and Raiden, uh, just basically tells everybody, Listen, they're gonna stop it. Then they're gonna, they're not gonna stop anything to get what they want. Just gotta always be prepared. Cabal tells Kano, "Oh yeah," and Raiden like puts a force field over the Raiden temple so that Shang Tsung and all of his counterparts can never ever like jump into the Raiden temple because for Outworld to really take over Earth from he has to they have to beat the champions of Earth and that's Liu Kang, Kung Lao. Cole, Kano, and Jax. Cole, not Cole, but Liu Kang and Kung Lao are there. They don't have the markings, but they are. They have trained with Raiden so much that they have got their own powers. While Jax, um, Cole, and Kano have dragon markings, so they are part of the chosen ones to defend Earth. Jax is there. I keep on, I keep on jumping over everything because Mortal Kombat is such a big thing. Jax is there because uh, uh, Liu Kang got his people to grab Jax because they found him because his arms are busted. They put some mechanicalized like little ro- robot arms on Jax, and Jax can't do nothing with those little robot arms. He's tried and he tried. He's tried to punch in the bags, and he can't get the right amount of energy and everything else. Now, fast forward it back to Cabal and Kano. Cabal is talking to Kano in between the fourth field on one side, on one person on one side, another person on another. 
Cabal is telling Kano, listen, I know that you're nothing but full of garbage. You're a bad person. What are you doing over there? You can come over to the side and make so much money. Because Kano's all about the money. Kano tells, okay, what do I got to do? Cabal tells Kano to destroy the force field that's surrounding this place. Kano destroys the force field, and now you got Shang Tsung, Sub-Zero, and his flunkies around fighting off Cole, Sonya, Jax, Liu Kang, and Kung Lao. So when that happens, you now are getting uh, people putting hands, and you're starting to see people's true colors. So Kano has now shown his true colors of being rotten to the core. I'm all about the money, which Sonya already knew and everybody else knew. So whenever they got shocked by this, it was kind of stupid. But still going on with the story here. Kung Lao kills Natara. Cabal and Liu Kang are having their fight. Rico puts uh, Sonya and Jax down uh, the cliff a little bit. But the cliff underneath the cliff that he sends them over has a little mini cliff underneath them. A little landing, a landing strip. And they fall on the landing strip. Rico hits the statue that's above them, and the hands come crashing right next to Sonya and Jax on that little side, on that little strip. So Sonya and Jack, Sonya's underneath the little hand thing while Jax is trying to push that uh, statue hand off of Sonya. Now remember what I said: Jax's arms has been frozen off and busted off so now you got Jax trying this little metal arms it doesn't work he ends up activating his power and his power basically to it's, it's corny but it generated more power for his arms and his arms became bigger and fuller they genetically just like popped up bigger and he brings the statue hand off of Sonya and he saves Sonya, rescues Sonya. Cabal, oh yeah, Cole. He fights and everything, but he couldn't get the job done. So, Raiden sends him home because Cole can't, Cole doesn't feel it within himself to be right. So Cole has to go home. He goes home. Cole bees with his family that are there. And when he's with his family, Goro pops out of nowhere. Goro is a big forearmed mute big forearm outworld uh champion. And he's there to kill Cole on behalf of Shang Tsung. Cole is getting his butt beat up in the barn by Goro. And Goro is putting the beating the brakes to Cole and Cole drops to the ground. Goro starts walking over to the family of Cole. Cole starts to get upset and now he is activating his uh, dragon power and his dragon power gave him like a front suit and arms full of uh, front suit his chest and his arms basically a hard type of uh, metal substance so whenever Goro punched him you saw like the glowing part where he punched him at so if you were to punch him in the peck the peck line shined up and went glowy Cole ends up having his chest and his arms full of armor. And also he was able to 
uh, morph some type of weapons underneath his arms, like a baton and like a big, long, sharpie-style dagger. He kills Goro. He slashes, he slashes up his chest, and then he even puts like the baton, metal baton, through Goro's eye, and Goro dies like that. Uh, Cole gets uh, flashed back into Raiden's temple, where the whole fighting and everything's still commencing, and the big thing was, uh, sub not sub zero, but uh, Shang Tsung grabs Kung Lao by the throat and he sucks the soul out of Kung Lao. So now everybody's just now being devastated. Uh, not uh, not not guys. Sonya, <laughs> Jax, uh, Liu Kang, Raiden, and Cole are so disappointed that Kung Lao is now dead. And on Sub and on Shang Tsung's side is still Sub Zero, Rico, Molina, and Cabal that are still walking around with Shang Tsung. So now Raiden banishes uh, all those guys, uh, the Shang Tsung's crew, and Shang Tsung out of there. No, no, no. Raiden teleports his crew and him out of here. Raiden and Cole and Sonya Jackson. Liu Kang out of there. Raiden has come up with a game plan with the rest of them, and they come up with the plan of divide and conquer. How about certain people take certain individuals? Jax took on Rico. Sonya took on Kano. Melina got took on by Cole. And Sub-Zero was the last one. Jax killed Rico. Um... Oh no, Liu Kang killed Cabal. I'm sorry. Liu Kang had Cabal and Liu Kang ended up killing Cabal with uh, his fatality that he uses in the game by conjuring up a fiery dragon and eating uh, Cabal. Um, Cole got us. Uh, no, no. Sonya killed Kano. And when she did that, she took the dragon's uh, marking. So now she gets teleported to where Cole is fighting Melina. And during this battle, Cole yells to Sonya, hey, any help? Any, can I get a helping hand? Sonya ends up blasting a uh, magnetic purple pinkish style, like a uh, big old thick like f energy force things anyway, and through Melina. So, Molina ends up dying. They are taking out uh, Shang Tsung's crew one by one, as they say they were doing. So, now, they are, now you hit uh, camera pan pan over to uh, Sub-Zero and Cole's family. Sub-Zero has found Cole's family, and he brings them back to Cole's old uh, MMA local fighting uh arena where he would fight before he got took by Jax and everything to start doing this. He brought them there and he's now frozen up uh, Cole's wife and his daughter right up on a cell. And Cole is upset so much. And throughout this whole movie, God, man, throughout this whole movie, Cole would be getting flashes of like a spear, not a spear, but like a, some type of uh, ninja uh, dagger and seeing Scorpion's face, but 
Cole never knew what that meant or anything. So he throughout this movie, it would periodically, periodically happen. He'll see the dagger, and then he'll pop and see uh, Sub Zero's not Sub Zero, but Scorpion's face. Hanzo on it, sorry, Hanzo face. And with that being done, he would have to be waking up with cold shocks and everything. Long story less long. Scorpion comes out, fights uh, Sub Zero, and those two have a nice cinematic battle at the end of it. And Cole ends up helping Scorpion to kill Sub Zero. Now, here's to my gripes here about this. Uh, Raiden could have saved uh, Kung Lao. He could have uh, teleported Kung Lao to somewhere else. I didn't like how they uh, did this whole magical thing with the scar and everything. You kill me, you get the scar, the little tribal stamp, and then the tribal dragon, whatever, logo, and then there you go. I didn't like how they were trying to portray this movie from time to time. I didn't like it because you had to, for me as a Mortal Kombat guy, I had to go back and like, okay, which story are they going with? Are they going with this story? Are they going with that story? But then I said, screw it, let me just watch the film for what it was. But if you just go into that, just watch the film for what it was, you'll come out with it saying, okay, it was a good movie. It was good. But if you try to be like the Mortal Kombat guy as I was, watching the film, and like, okay, this, I don't remember seeing this in the in the game, or I don't remember this or that, them trying to tell this story in the game or something like that. You're not gonna you're gonna you're gonna be focused on that way too much instead of the actual like movie and everything else. The choreography of the Fices were straight. It was clean, it was cut, it was clean cut. It was nice and everything. So what I suggest well I'll be watching the movie again, I probably will. I probably will just to make sure that I'm go with the good status instead of it being like terrible or something but i'll watch it back now after seeing it for the first time but let me know what you think let me know if you found that uh movie good or not i personally like i said again i found it good but i divulged too much and i went too much into detail with my own brain and let me hurry up and get out of here because we're about to because this is running on a little bit too long for even for me social media handles huh <laughs> Um, my Twitter is at my two podcasts. And if you want to look me up just without putting the at is my two cents podcast, all one word. Instagram, my two cents podcast G2. Business inquiries, my two cents pot at yahoo.com. I want to thank you all for listening to me. I'm sorry for this one being a little bit longer than the usual. I'm just I kind of was just too much into the Mortal Kombat thing. I'm trying to give you guys play by play. I should have just like let you guys watch it. But you now know what you're getting yourself into. You guys can watch both Godzilla vs. Kong if you can get it and find it somewhere out there. But right now on HBO Max, you can watch Mortal Kombat and you can see exactly what I was talking about. But just know when you walk and when you watch the movie, just watch it for what it is. It's a movie. Just enjoy it. That's all I ask of you to do. And uh, that's it for me. This isn't the end. This isn't goodbye. This is until you hear the sweet voice again. We're still in the dark time, but boy, is that light. At the end of the tunnel, end of the tunnel coming real quickly. Are we? Are we really? Boy, we run into it. So, with that all being said, I will see you guys next week. I'm going to enjoy this week because this week is my birthday on May 6. I can't wait to uh, just enjoy it with the fam and just uh, relax with them. That's what I plan on doing. But other than that, 
uh, that's it for me. I will see you guys next week when you hear from this voice again. I hope you guys have a great week and a great day. And try to just uh, be nice and courteous to everybody in the future as you go about your week and day. Thank you. This has been my Two Cents Podcast presented by G2. And with that, I'm out. Bye, guys. I'm tired. You tired. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.